what's shaking, everybody? Welcome to today's Monday Overreaction Show here on the Orange Bloods Texas Football Channel. I am Jeff Ketchum. That is Anwar Richardson, who currently is labeled as Jeff Ketchum. So just for the record, <laughs> there are many ways to differentiate us. What would have happened if we gave it another minute? <laughs> the easy way was to say that I am the way. There we go. I was going to say I'm the one in the white T-shirt. Uh, in the event you were confused because we're both wearing glasses. Uh, this <laughs> that's, one that's, that's one way to put it. Is. This video brought to you by the guys over at rogueshop.com. Use your promo code orangebloods for Texas's home for legal CBD, THC, and more. <clears throat> I have potentially, possibly been inspired by Rogue Shop less than two minutes before... <laughs> Before the show starts today, but I'm not a coughing mess because I have drinks here to help with that whole thing. Uh, do us a solid, like this video, subscribe to the channel, get notifications, share the channel as we continue uh, to grow and move forward towards the football season. We want as many Texas football fans' eyeballs on the videos as absolutely possible. And uh, yeah, we'll even take fans of other teams should they want to check it out as well. We are an entertaining lot. Uh, I also want to mention, before we get too deep into things, our special promo over at orangebloods.com is still running for the next two days all the way through Tuesday. You can get the rest of the offseason on us all the way through the middle of August, completely free. Just scan that barcode right there or go to the website and sign up using the promo code OB Spring. Onwar's got a Sunday pulpit out from yesterday. Uh, I've got my 10 thoughts from the weekend out from last night as well. If we can't win you over with our work during the offseason, then I, I it just I can't even compute that. Our goal is to win you over. We feel like you can chuck us out in the slowest time of the year, and we still have our foot on the accelerator in the way of content discussion on the message board. And everything else as a hey, matter of way, catch by the way, if I'm correct, I believe we are the only website that has two Sunday columns uh that cover that, that covers the Longhorn. I don't believe anybody else does a Sunday column uh for any other website that covers this team. I don't know about that, but I know this our columns every week are bangers. So yeah. Yeah. I, I felt really good about what we did yesterday, both of us writing completely different columns with completely different ideas. Um, and actually, we're trying to bring a little bit of Orange Bloods to the video today. Today on our Monday Overreaction Show, we're answering buy or sell questions from the questions that were uh, sent in yesterday for my column. I ended up not taking all of them. I ended up taking about 15 to 20 of the questions, and a lot of times – there's close to 100 on any given Sunday. So in the name of giving you guys a little bit of a taste of what is in my 10 Thoughts from the Weekend column as part of what we do over at uh, Orange Bloods. And plus, I've been doing buy or sell going all the way back to 2008 when I did a show with Chad Hastings. Um, it's one of my favorite things uh, that we do. We don't run. We take any question that you have. And we answer it. No fear. And that's what we're doing today. So, Blake, 
Anwar and I have no idea what order the questions are coming in. I only know about the questions because I looked at them yesterday, but that doesn't mean that Blake is going to choose the same questions for us today that I chose for the columns. So with no further ado, hit us with a buy or sell question. Buy or sell, Texas is improved on both lines of scrimmage in 2023. On um, why you want to go first? I answered this question yesterday, so if you want to think about it for a second, I can. Yeah, why don't you go first, and then you go, and then give me a second to think about. That. I gave it a slight buy. Primarily, you look on the offensive side of the ball; they should be better as the young players that they're depending on get a little bit better from true freshman season to sophomore season. I think you'll find out, and if you listen to the show at all, you'll know Anwar and I are not believers that guys just get better because uh, a year older doesn't necessarily mean that a guy is a year better. But I think in the case of a lot of really young offensive linemen, guys that didn't even play a year ago or options this year that they weren't uh, just a season ago, I don't think this offensive line really lost anything at all going from one season to the next. On the defensive side of the ball, I don't know that I think the defensive line is better. I don't know that I'm quite ready to say that the Devondre Sweat, Byron Murphy combo is de- absolutely definitively better than Keandre Coburn and Moro Ajomo, two guys that just went in the NFL draft. It could be. It could be. And, and Baron Sorrell could be better. It, there's still this kind of question mark about the other edge position opposite Sorrell that we just don't know anything about you combine those two thoughts together on war i think i'll buy ever so slightly uh this answer could be a slam dunk buy by the end of the season but there's still on the defensive side of the ball some question marks um i don't think they're major question marks outside of that edge position mm-hmm. but it's enough that i at least need to note it for the record that i'm not sure it's 1000 percent better but it certainly has a chance to be it's a good question, uh, by the way, and I'll buy on it, Catch. Um, you know, the offensive line, I can see them improving. You know, I mean, I, I you know, what's what does Kelvin Banks look like in year two, right? You can, you can envision like, okay, even more, you know, dominant than, than before. Um, the guys who have been on the outside looking in catch, whether it's the DJ Campbells of the world or the Cam Williams, like you feel them coming. And so you kind of feel like, all right, they, w- once they get there, they'll have a, they'll have an impact w- when they're on that, on that line. You've got a Christian Jones who, who's coming back uh, for his, you know, I think it's his 12th year. Um, you've got, you know, you've I'll got, got 11. Okay. 11. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Thanks for checking. You checked the roster, right? So, uh, so I got and I messaged you, Christian. It was like so year six. Um, for me, I'll buy it on a defensive line. It and his, you know, I think Sorrell will be better. So I, I I can envision you know seeing an uptick with him. I think from a defensive interior standpoint, for me, catch and and you know with with Keandre and, and Morrow and uh, you know this is kind of like no you know no disrespect before you end up disrespecting someone. I don't think they set the bar so high that I look at it and say, man, whew, those are huge stiff fuse to fill, right? I mean, Completely I don't... Completely fair. Yeah, I don't think I, I ever saw a game this last year 
And I thought to myself, damn, Mario Joma was killing the damn game. Like, there may have been some spots, and clearly he did enough to get drafted. So no disrespect, but I don't look at look at it for Byron Vaughn's and uh, – I want to say Byron, Byron Murphy. Byron Vaughn's. That's just blast in the past. Uh, shout out to the mother hustler. I haven't seen her in a while. Uh, but, you know, when, when I look at Byron Murphy and sweat catch, I look at him and say, okay – you can step into those shoes and really then it really just becomes about, okay, what does Ethan Burke do? And so that becomes like the only kind of, for me, like the only major quote unquote question mark. But for overall, if you say on both sides of the line, I can see both uh, looking being better, not, not night and day, but if you tell me there, there, there's improvements at the end of the year, we see statistical improvements on both sides of the line. Even if it was like, a 20% improvement. I can absolutely see that. Real quick before we move on to buy a different buy or sell question. And by the way, if you want to get your super chat buy or sell questions in, by all means, we don't want to leave you guys out. Uh, feel free to participate. We do have our list of questions. And if we get through them, we'll, we'll see if we can take some questions from the chat as well. You and I both believe in Baron Sorrell. We both believe his career trajectory somewhat follows the path of Charles Amenahue when he was at mm. Texas. What would it mean to the defense if he doesn't take the step this year? That let's say he's a six and a half sack guy, and but he's still a little up and down like he was a year ago. Given his importance to the defense, just how important would that be? I mean, I think it's everything to me, Catch, yeah. just because, you know, they, they want to affect the passer. You know, they want to get there. Uh, that's kind of been a, a point of emphasis this offseason. Sarkeesian has talked about that, right, Catch? And so Sorrell is the only guy that you look at and you say, that guy for sure we know has the ability to get there. Now, you may want to see it in frequency. And, of course, Daddy wants 10 sacks, right? So we understand even Dad wants a little bit more. So that's that's okay. But – if he's not getting to the quarterback, I don't know who else really is because, you know, there, there's some guys behind him, but the, I think he's on another level as far as that is concerned. So to me, if he's not getting to the quarterback, I think this, the, you know, the defense is in trouble. So I, I think it's very important to be quite honest with you. Yeah, a lot of pressure on Baron Sorrell to be a lot uh, yeah. it, it, he shouldn't be the only guy on the team that you're like, if he doesn't get to the passer, Texas is screwed. Like that's not a great way to go through a season in college football to just have one guy. But until some of these other guys are proven, the guy that we've seen get to the quarterback in the past needs to get there even more. It's just kind of the way of the world real quick. Um, I had a buy or sell question in the super chat. I don't, it got placed in there anyway from Sark after dark. Texas by herself, Texas will not have a thousand yard rusher because of the new clock rules. And for those that don't know, there's yeah. more of a running clock in college football yeah. due to some rule changes than we've seen. It will mean fewer plays. It should mean faster games. There's real no way to get away from it. Um Anwar, I'm looking at this question if I'm wondering if it's not too literal because I already have questions about whether or not Texas will have a thousand yard rusher and it doesn't have anything to do with the clock rules. Adding the clock rules thing in there is like another thing, but this is asking if it won't happen because of the clock rules. 
I'm going to sell. I don't think Texas has a 1,000-yard rusher this year, but I think that's because the distribution of carries is going to be split between four or five guys over the course of a season, and they could have three guys with more than 500 and maybe two guys with 800. I don't know that I see a 1,000-yard rusher this year, even though Sark clearly is very proud of the fact that he has a 1,000-yard streak going. Yeah, I'm probably – will sell on it for a little bit of a different reason than you're going to sell on it, Catch. I, I think realistically for me, all it means is that they just move a little bit faster. You know, it, it, you know I know it affects it on first downs, a certain degree where the, the, the clock doesn't stop. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I still think, you know, Sark is going to run the ball. Like that, that's going to happen. And he's going to make sure one guy gets the majority of the carries. And so because he's going to make sure one guy gets the majority of carries, because he's going to make sure that they run the ball, and because he wants to be a downhill running team, and because he definitely wants to be a team that can run it in, in the fourth quarter, and I'm sure every coach wants to be like that, so it's not necessarily something that's just particular to Sark. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to sell and say there'll be a 1,000-yard rusher. Um, now, if you're asking me 1,500 yards catch, 1,600, 17, like that, I'm like, no. Like – here, here's what have been here's what have been even more for me if you told if you set the line at like 1150 or 1250 then I'd probably you know like, ooh, I, I don't know I could see a thousand yard rusher catch I'm just not thinking 15 16 like monstrous kind of season yeah again I think it's gonna take a little bit of time for the running game to completely come together. I think that may also be the biggest elephant in the room with regards to the running game is just the last time we saw this running game, I don't think it broke 30 yards as a team against Mm -hmm. Washington without Bijan, without Roshan, it's still something they're going to have to work and figure out. Um, I think this running game probably hits its stride by mid season, but I can see I don't know that I necessarily think it impacts wins and losses because we think the passing game's got a chance to be really, really good and to make up for what some of the running game loses. But I don't know that they know who their lead dog is for sure until we get probably into conference play Mm -hmm. because there's only 12 games in a season. The other thing is if you're telling me to make this off of a 14-game season instead of a 12-game season – I might change my mind, right? If Texas plays in a Big 12 championship game and a bowl game, that's two extra games that could help them get there. This is me over 12 games. I probably change my mind if you're if they're playing a total of 14 games uh, when the season is all said and done. Yeah, let me uh, ask you a question before you move on from yeah. that. Can I stay with that. I want to ask you a question. Does it change for you the thousand yard thing depending on who the running back is? Like if Jonathan, if, if Brooks is a starting running back, Jaden Blue or CJ, if CJ Baxter is your starter on day one, would you say thousand yard? Yes, if he's the starter. I, what I because what I think is going to happen is that CJ Baxter is going to take over the lead dog status over time this season. I don't think it happens in game one. I do think by the time we get to the Oklahoma game, if he's truly a five-star 
and he's starting to really hit his stride. The way he started to do, you, we were hearing about, I don't know that we saw it in the spring game, but what we had heard was really in the second half of spring football, Baxter started to get his feet uh, underneath him. You started hearing conversation about he was making a big impact in the passing game, catching balls out of the backfield. Um, I think over time he takes that job. If you tell me he's the game one starter, yes, um, mm. I think that that probably changes my answer. Um, another buy or sell question. We struggle relatively early in the season because we have a we have to employ or employ a running back by committee approach until a true threat emerges. Um, I feel like I just answered that a second ago in that I don't think it impacts wins or losses. But, yeah, the running game's relatively relative to last year. Yes, I think the running game takes a small dip back early in the season. Here's what the tough part about that question, uh, Catch, and as a buy and sell, is the open up the season against Rice. So we don't expect the running game to struggle against Rice. They, they go to Bama. And so I feel like anything that happens at Bama – you'll kind of say, well, even if they didn't, if, you know, no one just popped off, right? You would say to yourself, well, they did play Bama on the road. So you probably give that, you give whoever the starting running back is a mulligan, and they face Wyoming the following week. So I think whoever's the starting running back catch, for the most part, after three weeks, I think they've kind of established themselves to a certain degree. Now, maybe, you know, then they would really take getting into the Big 12 schedule and maybe making a move by OU where you say to yourself, like, man, got into the Big 12 schedule, it's not working. But at least the first three games, I feel like the starter, he's going to pop off in two out of the three, and he'll get a mulligan in that, in the Bama game. Okay. I mean, you might be right. The question is asked in a way that's very subjective because yeah. when he says struggle, <laughs> it doesn't – specify exactly what struggle, like how much struggle. Uh, and then the word relatively in parentheses makes it even more subjective because it's like relative to what? Last year, let me ask you, let me put it to you like this. A year ago, at home, Texas rushed for 79 total yards against Alabama. Now, those include sacks. So I think it was really 113 positive yards were gained 79 was the net. Do you expect the, the net to be broke? Do you expect Texas to go on the road and rush for more than 80 yards against Bama? Given that an individual 79. An individual? No, the whole ground game together. Yeah. I'll sell. Okay. Mainly because the last time we saw this team run the football in the, in the Alamo Bowl, it got a third of that. I, again, I have to go back and look what the, the total number was. It was gross. I'm not even sure that they, they cracked 20 yards in team rushing. So until I see it, I'll I'll be um, conservative in the way well, of projecting that. The, the only reason I'll say different is, you know, I'll, 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 I'll give Brooks being hurt in that game and that, you know, and them leaning on, on Keelan, you know, a, a lot. So I'll, I'll give them a little bit of that. Um, and I'll give them also. I mean, you know, look. What do you? What do you? What's what you're saying about sometimes the explanation sounds like an excuse? Is, is or is that sometimes the, same? the reason? Sometimes a re, an excuse is just the reason for why something happened. 
Yeah, and I can – so, therefore, in the Bama game, when you've got quarterbacks that one is out and one can't move, I think it's a little bit easier to focus in on the the, the run game when you know for sure, like, hey, these are, you got I, got I got a hurt quarterback that's out there. That's going to be a little bit tough. So, uh, you know, if all things are equal and everyone stays healthy, I can see 80 yards. Last year, Texas ran for 79 yards against Alabama – 33 of the it was either 33 or 36 of those positive yards were gained by Hudson Card on a gimpy ankle. Just for those of you who don't remember how that breakdown went down, uh, Tom G was shaking. Tom, uh, thanks for jumping into the super chat right away. Sark already. Oh, I know how this is gonna go. <laughs> Sark already knows that Arch is his QB one in 2024, and will just say slash do enough to keep MM here through 20. 23 sell i sell too because i think there's some nuance that tom is missing okay you tell him what you think the nuance is this assumes that quinn ewers is a 12 game starter all the way through this season i mean because if he gets hurt for even an extended amount of time all bets are off with regards to who he chooses to play quarterback so this is all this is all he Ewers has the season that Ewers wants to have. I think Sarkeesian plays coy and plays possum for most of next offseason. And he has that, he has the battle going all the way through August, a la Hudson Card and Casey Thompson. And then the decision comes at a time that basically makes it too late for the loser of that job to transfer and be on a team and play right away. So I think Sarkeesian, even if he knows who his guy is going to be, Tom, what I think is going to happen and where you would have got me a buy is if it had said he will do or say enough to keep Malik Murphy here through not 2023, but 2024. I think Sark will do everything in his power to make the competition seem like a competition so that he can take it into August and ensure that he's got a backup quarterback situation. If even for a year that is desired. <sighs> okay. So let me, let me put out my disclaimers here. Okay. So my disclaimer is, I'm I'm an arch guy, and I, I'm 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 I definitely believe in his future, and I definitely believe in his potential at Texas. But I will say this: I do think Texas fans need to pump some brakes just a little bit as relates to Arch. I think it's fair to say, and look, he he looked, he, you know, he had some times in the spring, but catch, and this, if we're just gonna keep it a buck, and this is what we do on Overreaction Monday, okay? Arch, from a competition level, has not really played on, on this level at all, right? He, he he played it for a smaller classification in New Orleans, okay? You guys, and everyone's pointed out, he hadn't really competed in any of the camp circuits, so we didn't see that competition there. I think it's safe to say that, you know, this is there's going to be an adjustment period for Arch. It's not to say he can't put it together. It's just because someone isn't ready-made today is not an insult. 
But I think right now, catch Malik Murphy is probably more battle ready. He 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 won a state championship in California on a on a high level. He's been here on campus. We saw what he was able to do this spring when healthy, you know, and he's finally been healthy. And so I don't I don't look at it out of the lens or the prism that you know Malik is just some sort of like you know, placeholder, the guy you just, you know, you keep happy. Like, I think Malik is going to have a chance to win this job, um, you know, next season. And I think it's, it's, I think he'll be the number one guy going into the off season. And I think it'll be, it'll be Arch that's trying to chase him the entire off season and catch up. But if you, if you had told me to put money on today on who's the 2024 starter, I, I would probably put money on Malik. And Tom, Anwar and I completely disagree with each other. <laughs> that's not the first time. <laughs> I years. put on the table for, Le- for Malik Murphy in the last three or four years as much as anybody has stood on the table for him. Um, I think he's got NFL quarterback upside. I love his talent. I think eventually he also – I think both of these guys are going to be fantastic college players when it's all said and done. Both will have a chance – to play at the NFL. Only one of these guys is the guy that Sarkeesian ultimately will be judged by when his career is over. The development of Arch Manning has the world's attention. He's the guy who gets his name mentioned on Monday Night Football. He's the guy that gets his name mentioned in March Madness during the Final Four. He's kind of a big deal. On top of that, in the last 20 years, There have been 17 quarterbacks ranked as five stars by Rivals.com and also among the top five players in the country. So not only five stars, but top five overall in the country in the last 20 years on war. How many of them were not full-time starters by the midway point of their second year? Give me the name. Give me the number. Zero. 17 up, 17 down. Five-star quarterbacks ranked inside the national top five do not wait. In the history of the rivals' rankings, not a single five-star quarterback with a resume and profile similar to Arch Manning has ever, ever, E-V-E-R, ever, waited until a third year before he gets on the field. It's never happened. So in order for Arch Manning to be the first guy to wait his third year, from my perspective, that means that Arch Manning is not the guy that he was hyped up to be. Because 17 up, 17 down, zero exceptions. For Arch to be the first exception, would mean that everything they planned for Arch when they recruited him never materialized. That's just not going to happen on Steve Sarkeesian's watch. That's just the way I feel about it. Okay. Yeah, we are we are on opposite ends of that spectrum. Under you know, we could probably do an entire entire video on. Oh, this we one. will. <laughs> I think we have uh, overweight lover says buy or sell. We suck until we don't um, sell on that real quick. They didn't suck a year ago. That's. That's not what happened. Um, there wasn't yeah. a loss by more than seven points. So, like, let's – I mean, let's let's put it in perspective. Like, that's not – I mean, they did go eight and five, but eight and five – we've seen sucking. 
that's not what last year was. Uh, how about, going, road, how about going to road to Kansas and watch them lose? I've seen that. I mean, you've seen some bad performance. I've seen a lot of bad catch. When I put it, when you and I were talking, and you were you were talking about what your record was going to be, and I had to look it up, and you're like, I'm thinking between nine or ten this season, and I had to look it up, and like, well, nine wins would be the, one of the best records, the second best record since 2012. Did you see your boy Brett McMurphy today? Uh, on the uh, the climbing tweet? No. Oh damn! What did he do? I. I almost suggested this as our video today. Oh, Jesus. He predicted Texas Tech to win the Big 12 and play in a major bowl game. He's got the Longhorns playing in the Alamo Bowl. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I got to call. Oh, call Brett when I get off air. I got I got when we get done, I'm calling Brett. Uh he he really did that. He, hey, Blake, I know I'm asking you to do something on the spot here. If you can, it's on Orange Bloods. If you can find and screen capture his predictions, because it's all like the tweets real nice and pretty. It has and all of the bowl matchups listed inside yeah. of that. Uh, if when you're ready, take your time. We still we we still got plenty of time on the show today. Uh, so overreaction Monday. So I would yeah. we we definitely just, need some time to overreact to that. Just I, let us know when you're ready. And we'll go to it. But for now, we'll keep playing the buy or sell game. The other part of that question for Overweight Lover is, OB will never get that barbecue lunch from Alex. Bye. I'm going to sell. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. A Alex gives his, gives his wife, like, uh, toothbrushes and stuff. Like, his kids go out trick-or-treating, and he only gets them one candy, or they're not allowed to eat candy. Like, Alex is mr live off the land he's cheap as hell alex will never pay up on that thing ever i'm gonna make sure it happens before the summer is out oh you're gonna put put some weight on him i'm huh? gonna put a little of my own overlay overweight lover lean into him um mild dan says super chat doc texas posted a video of isaiah nayor i did watch that video looks good to go buy or sell that's not even really a buyer that's it's not really a buy or sell question, but I did see the video. Uh, I did not think Nayor looked as good in the video as people think he wanted to. I thought it looked okay, but if you look at him try to break stride, like he runs a go route, and about a third of the way through that route, there's a little hitch in the giddy up that made me think, okay, he's not. He looks perfectly fine for a guy who's coming off of an eight. You know what I mean, like. ACL injury seven, eight months ago, he looks pretty good. It looks like he's getting there. I don't think he's good to go. I don't think – I think the good news is he still has three and a half months to get there. Um, I think this is a developmental year for Nayor. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the the hard part for, for Nayor is there's just, there's just a lot more guys in the room now, you know. And, and so I feel like he's kind of that guy, like how you view Catalan – I feel like anything you get from him is, is a bonus at this point. I think he's got a chance to be receiver 1A next season. I think it's a lot to ask for a guy coming off of a major injury with suddenly a lot more competition to perform at a level that you expected of him a year ago. That's just it's a bit much for me. Um, I don't know that he's better than A.D. Mitchell. I also don't know that A.D. Mitchell is better than he was nine months ago. But – 
There weren't two of them a year ago, and that makes a big difference. Uh, another buy or sell question, this time from Dan. By the way, or Don, Don, $20 super chat question. We are yeah. going to give this question plenty of attention. I don't even know what it is. I saw Bama in it. Uh, I've been meaning to apologize. Oh, I've never seen that. <laughs> last season when I said Texas should have been strong enough to beat TCU, we didn't. Well, Don, <laughs> we all got to raise our hands for that. <laughs> uh, but now I still believe we run the table this season. And I want to believe, again, this isn't really a super chat question, guys. You actually have to ask a question. Uh, I want to believe Texas beats Bama by three. Um, I can't buy running the table. Well, he says he wants to. He he he. Oh, he said I still believe we run the table. Oh, I thought he said he wants to believe. I thought you had what you said. Well, Don. Hey, all right, Don. I, I won't. I will not. I won't be the guy that that puts out your fire right now. As long as you understand what you are saying, like as long as you walk out of it and you say to yourself. I know this is crazy, right? As long as you say to yourself, Don, I know this is slightly crazy, but this is that, then I'll feed you the ammunition to help you out. If you have a healthy quarterback for 12 games, I think that helps you out. Texas is only has two true road games this season at Bama, uh, at Iowa State at the end of the year. Uh, Iowa State is kind of going through some sort of rebuilding process. I'm going to be honest with you. And I might end up being wrong. I might end up eating my words. And it's, it's, it's here on the internet, so it's here forever. I'm, I'm just not right today sold that Bama is the Bama of old. I'm just, I, I feel like there's been some chinks in the armor as relates to Bama. And I, I just, I'm with you, just, I'm not sold like they, they are this, these, this beast that cannot be touched. We've seen that happen. We've seen them be touched. Um, who their quarterback is. We'll see, but I don't, I don't, I'm not convinced that Bama has a better quarterback than Texas at the moment. And then, you know, if if, the, if this too deep is as good as you, we think it should be, then, yeah, you can talk yourself into it. It's not crazy talk. It's crazy talk. You're not crazy. Does that make sense? You're not crazy, but it is crazy talk. But if you want to hold on to it, I, I'm okay with you holding on to it. I wouldn't put no money on it or put a little bit. Anwar, if the question were simply – Texas beats Alabama by three. I might buy that. Like I, that's certainly plausible. This team hasn't consistently played well enough on the road to, to give them all the benefit of the doubt. There are some tricky road games, um, but Hey, Don, if you're right and we're even slightly wrong, like to the point where you're just right. Dude, we'll do a show next year, and you can come on, and we will dedicate the show to your greatness. It'll be like a parade. Yeah, dude, twelve and zero. Everyone's watching his YouTube channel. Sign up for OB. Yeah, come on, dog, come on in. You make you a co-host. Any, anytime either Onward and I need to miss anything, you're our stand-in guy. You're the shot caller on the Monday overreaction. But Don. Not every, there are people who might call you crazy, but there are also people who might call Brett McMurphy crazy. Anwar, you asked, I got Blake well, I to do it. it. I haven't Throw seen that it. bad boy up on the screen, Blake. 
Wow. So you got Georgia got playing Washington in a playoff. Wow. It looks like he's got Florida State playing Michigan in a playoff. Uh-huh. And then down in the Cotton Bowl, <laughs> Texas Tech against Alabama. Wow. And you can wow. see it right there, Texas versus USC in the Alamo Bowl. Uh, that would be a fascinating Alamo Bowl, but I don't want to see it happen. <laughs> nah, I, I want to go back to San Antonio for my kids' tournaments. Like, I don't need to go there to cover another bowl game. In fact, that was one of the things Steve Sarkeesian said when he was in San Antonio recently. He was like, I like to apologize for our, our crappy Alamo Bowl performance. And he, he says, you know, that's okay because we'll be back. Then he kind of called himself, well, well, you know, not anytime soon because we need, we got bigger fish to fry. And it's like, yeah, you don't want to be like, we're going to get our revenge in the Alamo Bowl. Like that's Steve, we're not going to do that. Uh, that's wild. Like, I don't, that's a, that's a huge belief in Joey McGuire. And, and if, let me tell you, catch, if that shit happened, we would be talking about yet another program that rose from the ashes to somehow win the big 12. So they, so we would add you know, add that Texas Tech to the list of the Baylors of the world and uh, in every other program over the last several years past that wasn't OU that found a way. Like, if if Tech wins the Big Twelve in year two of their head coach Joey McGuire. We would see a hot seat for Steve Sarkeesian going into year one of the SEC. There would oh, be no. people who were saying a fucking high school coach won the conference before our guy. It'd be a real problem. Like year three is really, really big. They were saying that after the after that after last season during yeah, after that game. But it would be worse. It's one thing to oh, lose. Yeah. They he did lose to a high, former high school coach. Although that's. It is insulting. Like Art Bryles is a former high school coach, and that dude ran circles around people in the Big 12. So and people still want to hire that dude. It's insulting to high school coaches, right? It's like he Joe McGuire was it's a pretty damn good coach. Like coaching is coaching. He's he's pretty damn good. He's got Texas Tech in the hunt, even though we yeah, I don't want to go too far off it, but he's got him in the hunt for Michael Micah Hudson. So he's doing something right over there, but wow. And I don't he's not the only that. guy that's had success as a high school coach. I mean, there's a guy at UTSA right now named Jeff Trailer. Yeah. Who, again, former high – and not even a high school coach at the highest levels in the mm-hmm. state of Texas, right? We're not talking about a guy that won 5A and 6A state championships left and right. He did it at a smaller level, and now I mean, he's one of the best. If we were ranking head coaches in the state of Texas – Jeff Trailer would not be at the bottom of either of our lists. Okay. On By the way, can I say something about jo- Joey? Of course. Right before the game of against Tech, uh, Tech versus Texas, uh, Joey's cat actually, Coach he actually came over to some of them, to me and a couple other reporters, but came over to me and said, you know, wanted to thank uh, me for the, the coverage that we do and the great job that we do there and, you know, appreciate me coming out here to Tech and let me know if you needed anything. And I was like, wow, this guy is really nice. Joey is really good. He's, and he yeah. does the fine – he does the fine details in ways that a lot of coaches don't care 
to bother with. Yes. Like, it's, it's very rare that you would see an opposing coach before a game go to the, another sideline. And I was in the end zone, but still seek out someone and say, you know, hey, Anwar, good to see you. Da 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 da. da. I was, I let me impressed. Now, can I say this for overreaction Monday? Now, he might just be like, man, just keep my name in the back of your head, Anwar. So if anything ever happens at Texas, Remember your boy, Coach Joe. Oh, I was about to say there are two two reasons. Three, right? Maybe he's just genuinely a super guy. The cynic in me says that's a guy that thinks one day he might be open for the Texas job. And hey, it's good that he would want to come in with good relations. Believe me, you don't know. Go sign on that, or he's running for politics. It's got to be one of those two things, like. He plants a seed, and if one day the job's ever open, there's some confirmation bias in us towards him because he's such a good guy. Okay. And he's young. So I'll I've got that. a really good buy or sell question. And credit to Darwin for knowing how buy or sell works. Well, I like Darwin. And sticking to the concept. Buy or sell. Malik, and this is this is Darwin, can I change? I'm going to change your buy or sell question around a little bit. Instead of saying Malik could start, I'm going to say Malik would start at any other Big 12 school this year except Kansas. Well, he, if he says any other, I don't know. Does he start ahead of a Dylan Gabriel at OU? Uh, you know, no. he, he's firmly claimed. So, no. So that would make that would that would be the only one that was said. If you said now I'll, I'll, to give, for him to give a bang of his buck, what have we said the majority of schools? Well, here let me hear me let me tell you the ones I think. Remember, there's 12 schools in the Big 12 this year. Oh yeah, that's I, true. I think and and he makes sure to point out he's not including Jalen Daniels, right? So Daniels is out of the way. Dylan Gabriel is out of the way. Although I'm not close-minded to the idea that Malik Murphy could actually be better than Dylan Dylan Gabriel this year, mainly because I think Dylan Gabriel is in the hall of very good as a quarterback, and that's obtainable for a talent like Malik Murphy. Here's one or two that I'm curious about. Will Howard at Kansas State. I think Will Howard, having led Kansas State to the Big 12 championship, He's not as talented as Malik, but they're going to ride the horse that brought him to a major bowl game. And I think at least to start the season, Will Howard would be the guy. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, for there's uh, what did we say? There's you said 12, I think it's 14 teams now in the Big 12, but oh, yeah, I mean, because the two haven't left yet. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so yeah, so we, we got 14. So could he? So here's a go. Yes, I think it can start at the majority of programs. West Virginia, probably a UCF to a certain degree, I would say. I think more um, than half. Yeah, TCU. You don't think they need a replacement? Now, I think the they interesting would. thing there would be, would Malik beat out the guy that TCU thinks? They thought this – Chandler Morris was the season – the pre, like the number one guy going into last season for TCU and got hurt. Duggan comes in in game one and never gives up the job. 
They think yeah. Chandler Morris is going to be a first-team All-Big 12 type of player, whether it's this year or before his career is over. I personally think I would rather have Malik Murphy. I don't know that internally at TCU, I don't know that they would feel the same way. But I think it would be a really competitive battle. Are you think Matt Campbell would take him in, in a heartbeat? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, Absolutely. It, it, yeah, anyone at Houston, I, you know, well, I don't know. The one that I think is interesting, mainly because of the Micah Hudson conversation that we've been having, mm -hmm. is Tyler Shaw at Texas Tech. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a guy that threw for 400-plus yards against Oklahoma. Um, he was okay against Ole Miss in the bowl game. Is that guy good enough? To, if Malik Murphy had been recruited as a borderline five-star national top 100 guy, the first such player that Texas Tech had, would have ever recruited at the quarterback position, there'd be an itch to get him on the field the way there will be an itch to get Arch on the field. I mean, the guys that show up with the super sticker as a super prospect mm -hmm. – um, it's hard to keep those guys off the field. It's one of the reasons why I think Arch gets on the field. There will be a buzz to get him on the field that will be palpable. Yeah. But I think to, to answer Darwin's question, you know, not every school, but I would say I, I would say the overwhelming majority of the of the schools, like, yeah, I, he, he would definitely, they would take him in a heartbeat. You could make a case, with all due respect to the things that you said about Arch Manning earlier and the adjustments and all – you could make a case that Arch would start as a true freshman if he were at seven of the schools in the Big 12. Oh, uh, fair. They that's just put him out fair. there? That's absolutely say, fair. He's, we're going to grow up alongside with him and that in two years we'll be better off because of this four and eight season we just had. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. In, in, in revisionist history, Alabama was one of the programs Arch was looking at. Would he start there this year? I mean, it'd be a real possibility. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they don't know what they're doing at quarterback, and they just took a transfer who's, eh. I mean, he's got a connection with their old OC. So, like, I don't know. It's very possible. Okay. If Arch walks into a quarter. He knew that, look, Ewers is still here. Arch knew that he was coming into a talented quarterback room um, Alabama is a little more desolate with regards to future NFL upside at this point. Another good buy or sell question. I like this one from the Google scholar, uh, buy or sell. You'd take a loss to West Virginia. Oh, I'm sorry. Wyoming. Wyoming. I thought that was WV for a second. It's, it's Wyoming. Um, you take a loss to Wyoming if it meant a win against Alabama. Hell no. Sell on that. Sell. 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 There is no there is no benefit to losing to a team by by Because you know what? You lose to Wyoming, and then the next week you beat Bama, all you have is confusion. People don't know who the hell you are. Well, Wyoming's the week after Bama. So oh, you'd that's be, right, that's right, that's right, that's right. you beating Bama, and the idea would be you were so high over no. beating Bama on the road. A loss, a loss to Bama 
is better than a, a loss to Wyoming. Texas lost to Bama last year, catch, and got ranked. What if the question was West Virginia? And stop, what if it was West Virginia? I, I, I wanted this question to say West Virginia because there's a part of me that says bye. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, let me ask you this. Sark's signature win right now is beating Oklahoma 49 to nothing. Sure. Is there a number two? No. Maybe Kansas State? Because they did win that game on the road? I mean, maybe, but it's not a game that we're going to look back on. I mean, nobody is saying that even today. Like, No. It's not a game we're going to look back in Tuscaloosa would be oh. one of the greatest. It might be the second best non-conference road win in the last 30 plus years. For Texas? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you tell I me. Mean, I, I, I ain't seen none good ones. You tell me. You know, they would go on the road in the 80s, play Penn State's of the world. In my head, they beat Penn State in the Shock the Nation Tour in 1990. But Penn State wasn't even in the top 10 that year. That was it was like a 15th in the country, Penn State. They've never been able to go on the road and beat Notre Dame. They really don't have any notable road wins since you've been here. So they had Ohio State in 2005 which is the biggest non-conference win in the history of the school on the road, as far as I'm concerned. But beyond that, this that would rank up there. I mean, I'd have to ask like a John Bianco how many times Texas has gone on the road and played a top five team and beaten them. Non-conference, but it's not many, and certainly not in the last half century. That win would be so monumental would you trade an awful loss for the awesome win? Google, <laughs> Google Scholar, it's a great question. Because of all the questions, I'm going to say no on war with you, that you have to beat Wyoming, and that you might get a lot out of a one-point loss to Alabama. Like, it would accomplish a moral victory goal. God, that losing to Wyoming – Orange Bloods would burn. Yeah. We'd have I mean, to do it, Hamsterdams. Nah. It, it just, all that good would be washed away in a heartbeat. And I think it would get ugly. And suddenly Sark, the problem is the timing. You know, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to say no, but I got to be honest. Uh, you you really are um, making me think about it. All right, Anwar. Uh, Blake's letting us know that we're not too far away from the hour mark. We've got a lot of super chat questions. Let's do it. Uh, let's just knock some of these out in faster fashion. Uh, hold on a second. Eric Torres. What's up, El Presidente? Uh, $20. Go blast Brett McMurphy for his Alamo prediction. Hashtag Big 12 champs. 12-0 <laughs> is happening. He is consistent. Uh, I'm going to continue to sell that, Eric, as is Anwar, but only because he said that a second ago. Am I speaking for Anwar? But you're not the first 12 and 0 run the table suggestion of the day. Uh, he's been actually, Eric, he's been very consistent uh, for several weeks on my show uh, about 12 and 0. 
So he this is not He's today. Also been very consistent that Kyle Flood is like the seventh best coach. <laughs> he <laughs> is consistent in everything he believes. I love Eric. <laughs> Even if it doesn't add up. Eric, let me tell you what, Eric and I have a lot in common. We will lean into what we believe, even if it's wrong from time to time. Uh, being wrong doesn't mean that you're not right. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, a man who's wrong all the time and still maintains that he's right. Uh, Tom G says, Super Chat, buy or sell by OU. Ooh, we have three plus new starters on our starting 22. Uh, list them. Sell for me. Sell because I, I can only see that as relates to injuries. Yeah, and I can't. For, not, I can't forecast those. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Tom, I can't. I can't think of a, a situation where I'm looking at a borderline guy that you know because I it you know, let let's say the you know let's say if David Bender started the season, could I see Anthony Hill taking over by OU potentially if that if we're talking about that. Um, you got Baxter at running back. You've got one of those offensive linemen in theory, you know, like yeah. there's so many of them now that are starting to get to the precipice of playing that I could see one. I could see one of those in younger interior guys taking a job or some shuffling around. And then you mentioned Anthony Hill. So Tom, it's not impossible for us to get to three plus without injuries. Like there's a world where it could happen, but if you're asking me, it will happen today. I'm selling, but it's not impossible. Yeah, the guys on the outside looking in are like the Cam Williams, you know, Anthony Hill. Those are the guys that you know they're going to get there at some point. It's just a matter of when. Can't think of your third guy at this moment. It's good. Could be somebody in that secondary at safety. I mean, yeah. maybe Jalen Catalan starts the first game, but then struggles i don't know like there's it could happen i just don't think either onwar or myself are quite ready to project that just yet uh buy or sell coming from mike dan let's just i won't ask does texas get four or five stars in the 2024 class i'll just say it in a state in a statement texas gets four or five stars in the 2024 class buy or sell i'm selling it's a lot that's a lot of five stars I don't know if they're getting two, the two in state right now. You know, it's a little mm. hard to know if Colin Simmons is a guy that's going to end up at Texas. Although, him working out with Micah Parsons, who's, and if you missed it, there's uh, a post on Orange Bloods today. I think it was on Twitter or Instagram where Colin Simmons is posting a photo of himself working out with Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is living in Austin in the offseason mm. by choice. That's mm. not a bad thing to have when a guy that probably worships him. Like, it's safe to say Colin Simmons probably looks up to Micah Parsons. That that guy's choosing to live in Austin when he can live anywhere in the world with all of the money that he has. That's a quiet little feather in Texas's cap because subliminally Colin Simmons is going to be like, Austin's where it's at because that's where my guy is living. Um, Micah Hudson, the tech thing, I still think Texas probably gets one of those two guys. That would mean getting three five stars from out of state, and I don't see that happening. That's a lot. Yeah. But, Mile, it's not impossible. Steve Sarkeesian's a hell of a recruiter. 
This time last year, though, I could point to a guy. I had already put in a for a future cast for Arch Manning. There was Ed C.J. Baxter that you started to get a sense. Texas was in really good shape. I don't know that it's quite the same in out-of-state recruiting this year uh, with regards to five stars. Uh, Brandon jumping into the Super Chat saying, I will not be betting a monkey tramp stamp tattoo on the Oh, oh, geez. I had forgotten about that. Yeah. The Alabama game this year. That's how confident I am in this team this year. Wait, was he, wasn't he supposed to get one? Is Brent, Brent was supposed to get one. He owes us a a monkey stamp tramps, right? Doesn't he? Oh, oh, he said if Texas wins. No, but we got to go back and check that one out. We got to check that one out. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> that's like the thing is you can always get a temporary tattoo man i don't so, think that was part of the deal well i don't remember ever saying that it had to be done with a like a needle it was just a tattoo i'm just you know by the way is he saying he's so confident in his team that he's not making crazy bets that's weird yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- this would be the time that you wouldn't make the crazy yeah. bets. Brandon, that I'm part- not going to – on work, no. We're not standing for that. Brandon, if you are confident, that's how confident that you are, and I'm not saying it has to be today. Before the season is over, you have to think of, like, what the next what the next thing is should Texas beat Alabama in that game. Tom G says the he said that uh, he would get one if uh, Texas beat Bama last year. That didn't happen, so didn't have to get one. Oh, boy, that dude was nervous in the first quarter. <laughs> <laughs> he saw his tramp stamp pass before his eyes. He was like, "Oh my god, this is ha- <laughs> this is happening." Uh, overweight lover jumping back in. The running clock costs the Longhorns one or more games this season. Is that the new thing that everybody's going to talk about if they lose a tight game at the end? No, I mean. Like a team kicks a field goal at the end of the fourth quarter, and it's like if we had all of that time that could have been on the – no, no. I'm going to say no. Look, at the end of the day, catch. I mean, it's like anything, man. The clock works for both people. Like this, it's not like one team is dealing with a running clock and another one isn't. I mean, it it works both ways. So no, I just don't know that anybody in the fourth quarter of a game Texas is losing is going to be all up in angst over the clock. It's going to be over the performance of the team and not the clock. So I tell you. If that's the case, I mean, look, I don't want to be that guy today, but when we look at some of the, the 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 struggles that Texas has had in the second half when they've had leads and then blown them, hell, you probably want a running clock. That's a great point. If you, probably- you have a running clock, a running clock may mean that Texas doesn't lose to Oklahoma two years ago. Caleb Williams doesn't have enough time. Yes. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like – it, hell, you probably want you want to have a lead, and then you just want to keep that thing going like soccer, baby. Run! <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Hell yeah. No. Uh, oh, there's our guy, Barry. What a, shout out to Barry. Yeah. Uh, a lot of work is being put in. Get on the wagon now, fellas. Buy or, I'm just making this a buy or sell. Buy or Sorrell. Buy, how about that? Buy or Sorrell. Baron Sorrell gets 12 sacks this season. 12 sacks. I mean, that's a monstrous year. That that's a that's a that's a monster year. I I I'm I I'll sell that. I hope he gets in double digits, but damn. Uh 12 12 12 is I mean, catch, that's like all American kind of numbers out there. Not only is that all American numbers. I can't hold on. I I'm I cannot remember the last time Texas had a 12 sack guy. So I'm looking it up right now. Most sacks in a season to see mm. when was the last time that Texas. Okay. The last time. Okay. Alex Okafor had 12.5 in 2012. And Jackson Jeffcoat had 13 in 2013. So the two seasons before you arrived on war, there were multiple guys. Before that, though, you'd have to go back to 1982. So it's only happened three times in the last 41 years, which yeah. speaks to how hard it is. But it has been done in the, twice in the last decade-ish. I'm still going to sell. I think, That's 10 would be a, I think 10 puts him in All-America conversation. Yeah. Catch I don't think up. anybody in the Big 12 had 10 a year ago. Well, put a, put a, put a, uh, you know, we always talk about future shows. Go ahead and write this one down. Uh, streaks that need to come to an end in 2023. There, there you go. Write that down for the us. Double digit uh, sack streaks, a good one, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Blake, fact, if you write that down, that'll help. Yeah, I, Barry. That kid's going pro if he gets to 10. So don't worry about 12. It's <laughs> a big, big number. We're talking all big, first team, all big 12 at a minimum. He yeah. definitely would get some All-America shouts with that level of production. Because you know what that means? It means you're getting to the quarterback every single week, which isn't something that Barron quite did a year ago. He had some real highs. He had some games where he wasn't as involved. The next step for Barron is week in and week out be a destructive force on that defense. Ten sacks means he's doing that at a level that almost any defensive end at the school has done in recent memory. Um, Texas Dirty Boy says, buy or sell. DJ turns out to be a bust, passed by Cam Williams, and transfers next spring. A dirty question, dirty boy. I don't like the word bust. That's the only thing that makes me uncomfortable about the question. Well, if you transfer, you're a bust at the school that signed you. It doesn't mean that you're forever a bust. There are plenty of examples. I mean, let me put it to you like this Drew Sanders was probably a bust at Alabama because he never never played. Now, Alabama people would tell you that last year he would have played, but then he transfers to Arkansas and he becomes a high NFL draft pick. He ends up being a bust for Bama as a national 
top 50-ish player, but overall he's not a bust. I don't think – here's why for that, if we do buy and sell, I'll sell on it because I think at the end of the day, Catch, I think DJ Campbell, you know, if he hangs in there, he plays on the interior next year and Cam Williams is at the right tackle position. And I think all things are, are solved at that moment. So I think the Christian Jones – returning for year number six, I think kind of throws off a little bit because if Christian Jones is not here, you know, Cam's on the outside, DJ's inside, this is it, you know, but he returns and it kind of throws a little monkey wrench into, you know, what could have been. I think Steve Sarkeesian, Kyle Flood will do whatever they, it takes to keep DJ Campbell on campus. Yeah, I think they've already done that. I think that kid has probably had some doubt enter his mind because He's a five-star guy, and he might be the third offensive lineman from that class to knock on the door for to be ready to play behind Cam Williams and Kelvin Banks. But I think surely they'll let him know, hang in there. In truth, the third year is kind of when guys like him should be hitting the field and making their impact. I'll sell. But dirty boy, that is not an impossible scenario. One of the things they'll have to, I think, is important with the evolution of DJ Campbell as a prospect and as a college football player is getting him on the field this year engaged enough that he doesn't feel like he's wasting his time uh, and that he would be better somewhere else. I think they're doing a good job of convincing him of that at this point. But, you know, 12 months from now, things could feel a lot different. But I think I think Onward nails it. You know, move Cam Williams over to tackle next year, which is what I think everybody anticipates happening. And suddenly, you know, suddenly there's more room for DJ Campbell to play and start and get a lot of snaps than there may be this year when there does feel like there's a little bit of a log jam there. Uh, the, U the SEC jumps in and says, if Texas Beach Rice and or the wind blows, does OU still suck? What? Buy. <laughs> Say bye. He basically wants you to buy that the win that OU sucks. Okay. Well, I mean, we'll buy that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I I uh I did I, I, I got caught up in the if Texas beats rice uh thing and I was just like if? trying to make it easy. Okay, all right. Well he just he could have just cut out the first part and said, Does OU still suck? Yeah, I mean, but hey, bottom line, it got done. Took a little, took a little bit more effort to get there, but it got done. Uh, okay, our final buy or sell question of the day from Tom G. Of course, buy or sell. Texas has four or more juniors leave early for the NFL draft. I'll buy. I'll buy. I can name them in my head. Who, who, who the guys you got? Art. Worthy. Uh, Sanders at tight end mm -hmm. and Baron Sorrell. Yep. I'm, I'm going to throw in, I, I know you're not as high on him as, as I am, but I'll, I'll throw in Byron Murphy that, that, that guy, that guy's is, is got a diploma, uh, right now. That don't sound like a guy who's thinking I'm going to be playing football for the next couple of years in college. That sounds like a guy who's got an exit plan. I've got my paperwork. Want to take that one class or whatever you need to stay eligible and then and then keep it moving after that. You know, the thing with Murphy, 
where I might co-sign on that. I'm not, I'm not co-signing on it today. However, you can make a case his upside as an NFL draft prospect is never going to be higher than somewhere between the fourth and the seventh rounds. He's 6'1", 300 pounds. And typically, not all, I'm not saying that Byron Murphy couldn't be so spectacular this season that he works his way up to a level beyond that. But generally speaking, and I, I think I looked it up, there were like 15 guys in the NFL draft in the, in, that played his position that went in the first three rounds this year. Only one of them was shorter than 6'3". Mm. But that ain't ever going to change for him. He's 6'1", mm-hmm. 300 pounds. So if he is first team all Big 12 this year, you could make a case that's as high as his NFL draft stock will ever get because of his size. He's got his degree. Maybe he accomplishes everything in college that he wants to accomplish. And suddenly, Anwar is a lot more right uh, than he is. Hey, wrong. if you if you're Sark, you know what you do. You call you you call up your friend and say, "Hey, Pete Carroll, remember that Puna Ford guy that you guys got that you like thought so highly of, and he's really really productive." Uh, I got a guy like that. I just, I think he's a little bit better. You should take him, buddy. Hey, how's everybody doing? How's the wife doing? How's everyone else doing? You know, that's what happens. By the way, Seattle let Puna walk and that's he great. goes to Buffalo. Mm. And I think that's a big addition for Buffalo. Real low key. I think he helps them out a lot. Uh, we'll be seeing a lot of Puna Ford this year because Buffalo is one of those it teams. So be prepared to watch more of Puna than we have in the last few years when Seattle is kind of been, I don't know. Yeah. Eh. Uh, we have one more buy or sell. I want to make sure Jesse gets his in. Buy or sell. Huh. Sark will have to replace an assistant coach by the end of the season. I'll buy. Now, I'm going to sell. Because hmm. that says by the end of the season and not after the season. So you're not replacing a coach before the season ends. I don't know if Jesse meant it like that, but by the end of the season means he has to replace an assistant coach by Thanksgiving. Now you said by, by the end of the season. I'm I'm assu- I'm a, so I'm taking it after you know the regular season's over. Okay. Before the bowl game. Even, uh, even then, I. I'm going to say sell. Who's the guy? Well, uh, well, here's the hit. Well, here, let's go through the history, right? So he's had Stan Drayton get a, the, the temple job. He's had Brendan Marion get promoted to an, an OC job in, in UNLV. So at least over the last two years, he's had guys get promotions. So that now Stan Stan kind of is a little bit different, right? And Stan's kind of a, a made man for a certain degree, but you know, none, nonetheless. So, so the staff seems healthy. I think I think Banks seems comfortable here, but Banks was a guy that you know I think had a shot, you know, just a couple of years ago to get get a job, and then that obviously fell through for him. You know, the guy the guy that. I would bet back up a Brinks truck for would be flood. I mean, just, you know, I know, I know this guy can recruit offensive linemen 
and and develop them. That that would be the guy. I, I would say, hey man, you ready to do this thing again? Because I was sure we're like, yeah. So, but and I think though most I of these guys, I think Deshard Choice getting an OC job somewhere could definitely happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, after this year's recruiting class, it will be known that he's a recruiting rainmaker. Even more so than a guy like Kyle Flood at his own position. I mean, at this point, Choice's resume is starting to look really good. I think he's a head coaching candidate somewhere in the next five years. Um, you look at the defensive side of the ball, Anwar. Choate's been doing good. Bo Davis, his his yeah. history is that he's a bit of a nomad. He's not yeah. he's not ever going to be a head coach. Never say never, but he doesn't have the current t- trajectory of being that kind of a guy. And it's possible that recruiting at that position isn't as great three classes in as I think they would want. I mean, and, you know, there was already some conversation about him and the LSU job when that opened up. Nothing became of that. But I think he's good. He'll always be a guy that gets his name mentioned for jobs. I don't know. I think the smart money is probably a buy. I mean, by the way, we're we're answering this question with under the premise that guys are getting promoted, not fired, right? I was doing both. Oh, I I wouldn't think. And I don't necessarily think Bo Davis gets fired. I think Bo Davis just could take a job at the end of the year because he's ready to coach someplace else. I think uh, I, 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 I think if I, if my, my, my guess is and, and Jeff Choate has got a co-defensive coordinator label to him. He's done a pretty good job recruiting at, from the linebacker position. He'll have the Marvion that went into the NFL, Jalen Ford, uh, will get he's drafted been a head coach before. So, I mean, yeah. he's a guy that could get a head coaching job at another school, yes. maybe somewhere not quite Division One, but he might decide, I'm ready to go back and do that if he's not growing beyond just being an assistant coach. I think you're right. Yeah. I think Choate would be the guy for me. I, I would say someone says, Hey, do you want to be out DC? you know, somewhere you want to be a head coach. Like he would be the guy to me. That's logical that, um, you know, I, I you know, who, who's a guy on the staff, but like, to your point, like guys who may move around a little bit, like that would be the guy I would think if I had to put money on today, I'd be like, that's the guy who's probably going in December. Two last thoughts. AJ Milley in theory mm. could be a guy that at some point, go- it depends on behind the scenes, do people think he's really been a key part of the recruiting process for a guy like Arch Manning, some of the guys they've recruited? If Texas's offense blows up and the quarterback is really good, you know, is he a quarterback guru all of a sudden? Like, I don't know. Like, we never talk about A.J. Milley, which is one of the reasons why that guy might eventually take another job to get out from the Sarkeesian shadow because anything that really happens with the quarterbacks this year, we will give Sarkeesian – the credit and Millie's just in a bad spot. His head coach calls plays. Oh, and is the thing that gets kids to come here to play quarterback and not Millie. 
So but if you if you millweed, do you do you do you ride those coattails? You know, and just say to yourself, man, this is this is this is this is better living than being the OC at, you know, Sam Houston State. Well, a couple of years ago, though, Milwee wasn't even a position coach. Mm. So if Arkansas State wanted to hire him as an OC, I think you'd have to give that serious consideration because ultimately what that guy's looking for is a better platform. If it's an OC job at a Division I school, I think that's an upgrade from quarterback's coach at a school that nobody thinks you're truly the quarterback's coach at. So – these guys could all stay, but you could make a case with almost every single one of them, various scenarios where something could pop up uh, is why I think at some point, plus if it's a big, if, if Texas went nine or three or worse, which is not something that we've really talked a lot about, but it's not impossible, especially if there was a quarterback injury, Somebody would have to be a sacrificial lamb after a nine and three season because people would be hot. But we can't, AJ can't be the guy. We, I'm not talking about AJ. Oh, okay. I'm just saying after the season's over, if it was a disappointing year after year three, typically somebody, some kind of change gets made in the name of making change for change. Well, you ain't firing the OC. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, probably that, a few years of failure away from giving up controls of the thing that, quite frankly, is supposed to be the thing that makes him special. So yeah. the only way you're, get, you're bringing in an OC, things have to be awful this year. And you have to almost think the only way you can keep Arch Manning is if you do so. And I can't yeah. imagine that's going to happen. Nah, 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 no. Nah. If if there was if there was a sacrifice to be made, it would be on the defensive side of the ball. Like it would just be in and keep keeping a buck. So and uh, it'd be like what side of the defense costs them. So correct. The running game, it could be bow. If it's the passing game, you're looking in the secondary, one of a couple of guys that are back. So, you know, we've seen horrible linebacker play. And if for some reason Texas is at allowing 5.7 yards per carry this year. They'll look at the linebacker position and say, why couldn't it? You know, somebody in a year that finishes nine and three gets blamed. And, you know, that's just the way it goes. A good question, though. Good question, guys. Y'all nailed it. Y'all are question. Honestly, and yes, good job, Blake. Way to put that back up there. If you're just joining in, hey, I have this content every weekend in my 10 thoughts from the weekend. Uh, we have like 30. 35 hours left of this special free trial promo that we're running pro promo code OB spring. Just, just scan that little scan thing right there. Uh, and the bottom line is we're going to give you the, the rest of the off season all the way into the middle of fall camp is on us. That's how confident we are that if we can get our claws into you beyond the videos and into orangebloods.com that you'll want to stay forever. Uh, and check out the message board. Trust me, it's wild. The uh, the Janelle Monet thread on War is still going. <laughs> By the end, when it's all said and done, the Janelle Monet thread may end up with more page views than last week's War Room. 
for good reasons, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I ain't mad at him. I I'm not mad, mad and I can completely understand. Um, I may have clicked on that thread a few times. I saw over the weekend that it had 900,000 views on her channel. And I was like, God, I got to be good for at least 100 of those. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to our guys over at RogueShop.com. Texas is home for legal CBD, THC, and so much more. Like the video. Hit that thumbs up button real quick. Just do it right now. Boom. Go ahead. Go ahead, uh, Blake. Play the Alex thing. I feel like we might need to yell at a couple of people. Drive to the channel. <laughs> do it now. Either Alex gets a coronary or you subscribe to the channel. Alex did sound like he was. Yeah. <laughs> Dial yeah. it down a little bit, Alex. It's okay. <laughs> Alex, Alex sounded like a guy that was like, what's going on with the lake here? <laughs> he looked at the saw there was no rain coming on and like in his height of being pissed off. I feel like if I channeled my inner Alex, I might have to go to the hospital for like high blood pressure or something like that. Yeah. So like, and to avoid that, subscribe to the channel. Help us get to our next goal, 20,000 subs. We're beyond 15. <laughs> we'll do it live. Yes, I do understand that reference. Uh, fellas, we had a good show today. We're like an hour, 20 minutes in. Thank you for keeping it moving. We wouldn't have been able to do it today without you guys um, helping us out with the questions. Thanks for everybody that contributed to the Super Chat. For myself, for Onwar, for Blake, who's done a stellar job getting that Brett McMurphy. Mm. Blake, put that back up there real quick, just so we can laugh one more time before we sign off. There it is. The world comes to an end. Tech plays Alabama in the Cotton Bowl after winning the Big 12. Texas goes back to the Alamo Bowl to play USC, where there are nonstop articles about Sark and his tenure at USC. That's not so funny. Uh, that sounds absolutely wretched. There's there, everything about that's horrible. Uh, <laughs> Micah yeah. Hudson's going to Texas Tech all of a sudden. It's just, yeah, oh there'd God. be some people jumping off of bridges should that happen. Uh, guys, have a great rest of the day. We'll do this again tomorrow with the Modcast. Until then, and we'll get Alex back to yell at you guys. Uh, have a great rest of the day. I hope you guys had fantastic Mother's Days. In fact, make your mom's day even better. By calling her up today, sending her some flowers today, telling you, telling her you love her today on a day when maybe she's not quite expecting it, the day after Mother's Day. Let her know you're still on her mind that you love her. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Later. <laughs>